successfully locked away in my spare room, so hopefully Greg won't bust down the door and Boo. meow all over everything. I mean, I could let him in, but he's real butthurt right now because I came home and didn't immediately feed him, even though he still has food in his bowl. Yeah, but fresh food, I, I would also be furious. <sighs> he's he's such a picky bitch. I just, he's he's a lot. I just went with my roommates and got burgers at this little, like, neighborhood joint that we have. And it's pretty terrible, but it's the only <laughs> neighborhood joint that we have. Yeah. And so it's the place that we go. Um, and their turkey burger isn't bad. And so I was like, okay, I'll get a turkey burger with, like, mushrooms and it'll be great. And then I was like, oh, I don't want any of my fries. And I ate all of them. And so if I groan and then there's silence, it's because I died. Okay. Just a Thanks for up. the... Uh... The heads up. Anytime. Um, do you have a wine? I have a sangria. <laughs> Don't mind me opening a PPR. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I have this beer from Girdwood Brewing. Um, ooh. And they, you know, they do the little crowlers. Yeah. And... I love them because they're like the perfect size. They're like exactly two beers and they're like in a big giant can. So it makes me feel like a giant, which is fun. And <laughs> I was so hyped about drinking this. Like I thought about it last night and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to save it for podcast. And it's going to be so exciting because I got it last Friday with my mom. And then my head was total garbage today. And I was like, man, no, I really want to drink that beer. <laughs> and so I am compromising and having a PBR instead because I figure I want to save this until I can like enjoy, enjoy it. it and like yeah. not worry about if I, if it like makes my migraine super bad, then I won't feel bad about dumping out the rest of the PBR, you know? Yeah, that's true. Um, so. I'm starting off with sangria and then um, there is a potential of when Trevor gets here, I might have a beer depending on which ones he brought with him. Um, I like that you are starting out drinking like fancy things. Cause last week you were, well, you started drinking tequila on Wednesday. Yes. But <laughs> that makes it sound like you drank tequila for days. <laughs> on end. But yes. <laughs> you started on Wednesday. You I truly have a problem. Um, <laughs> And that was, were you just drinking like straight, like not straight, but like, you know what I mean? Like just, you know, what's funny is it, it was straight. <laughs> it was straight. Yes. I love that. Yeah. Love I, that. I was drinking, um, like a neat pour of the Espalone because I sure. really liked that tequila. You're, you're so fancy. That's like a I mean, thing that like fancy ladies do when they're like, divorced and sitting at a bar and like just eyeing <laughs> dudes that come in you know they're just drinking like tequila neat well move aside divorcees because <laughs> I'm 28 years old and I am ready <laughs> so, how was your week by the way uh it was good it was a little a little stressful because I was a hundred percent sure that our podcast was just gonna have to stop after one episode because everything went wrong with last week's and and so it was a little stressful where I was like oh man we have this fun thing and it was so great for one episode (laughs) 
but it worked out and I think now there's I think we've got a pretty good like setup now yeah I think you nailed it and I love it and as soon as I'm done with this behemoth of a move you know the two blocks away that I'm moving um (laughs) then I will be able to shoulder that burden and no 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 like don't even worry about it how is your week how is your how's your move going Oh, you know, turns out um, when you work three jobs and have a podcast and are there, I don't, there's so much happening. And I, in thinking about it leading up to it, I was like, oh, I have a full two days the weekend before I move to pack everything in both of our apartments. And it turns out that's not enough time. Yeah, no, I was just about to say, like, that doesn't seem like very long. Yeah, especially when you need to donate stuff, take stuff out to the suburbs, get stuff from the suburbs, and no one has a car. Ooh, yeah. So it's been utter chaos. That Um, sounds like a great time. But in great news, I put in my two weeks notice to the job that I hate today. Yeah, you did. I'm so, I don't know why I didn't do this sooner. I have hated this job for so long and it literally occurred to me today. I was bartending and I was like, I hate this job. Why do I do this? Why am I here? And, and then you're like, like, bye bitch. It, I literally decided then and there, I was like, I think in my mind I was waiting for something dramatic to happen. So I could be like mm-hmm. this, this is why I'm done or something. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, or I could just send an email to a couple of people and be like, hey, consider this my two weeks notice, deuces. Yeah. And so that's what I did. It feels really freeing and hence the uh, celebratory sangria. So fancy. You're such a fancy divorcee. Thank you. If you saw this neighborhood joint, you, fancy would be the last word. The entire place smells like grease. Yum. I mean... That's why we sit on the patio. So we really only go in the summer because then you can escape the grease smell. Yeah. Although I did see a rat, but you know, oh. there's, there's, oh, God. they're just all about, they're having a summer too, you know? I do not understand <laughs> how casual people who live in cities are about seeing big ass rats. That's the other thing that I love about this podcast is that it just means that I get to call you every week. I know. It's so nice. It's so nice. It's so nice. Do you want to hype up some ladies? I would love to. But first, oh. let me say, welcome to Babetown. Welcome to um, Babetown. Because I'm Reagan. And I'm Taylor. And we are two babes that are really frustrated by everything. The current everything. Everything. <laughs> And the current so, everything. The current everything. And so our weekly therapy, because neither of us can afford therapy, is to hype up amazing ladies that persevered throughout history to each other. And I gotta say, it's working wonders. It's been so great. It's been so great. Um, so my next question is Taylor, when was your babe born? My babe was born so long ago that they don't know. So the first <gasps> written account of her being born or being in history is 530 BC. What? Yeah. 
Okay, yeah, you're absolutely going first. Please tell me this story. Yeah, so I was gonna do somebody else. <laughs> and then I, um, Evan and I are going to Iceland in January. Heck yeah. And so I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll do like some, like maybe there's some cool like Icelandic warrior or something, which, yeah, there are lots of them. Um, yeah, I bet. And so then I just kind of like, got curious and so I looked up um ancient history women warriors have you ever heard of Tomiris I have not but I'm real stoked to oh my god dude okay so let me just throw out a disclaimer there that there are gonna be so many pronunciations in this and um I'll probably get maybe three of them correct so I say jump in but you know I figure that very few people that uh study ancient history will listen to this so whatever no I mean my dad listened and he (laughs) knows a lot of stuff well James James I hope that this isn't terrible (laughs) um okay Tomiris so to start the story of Tamiris, we kind of have to do a little bit of history first. So okay. Cyrus the Great was the leader of the Persians, and that is extremely boiled down, <laughs> like the most boiled <laughs> down that it could possibly be. <laughs> I love it. That's the kind of history so, that I feed me more. So he reigned from 600 to 530 BC, as best as anyone can tell. Um He was known as a tolerant monarch who was so successful because when he would invade places, he would basically, like, pull a little Khaleesi action and just be like, yep, I'm your king now, but also, like, everything else, you guys can just keep on cooking with that. Like, he would leave all of the local government in power, so people just kind of, like, transitioned. So he ended up, like, being the first – he founded the Archimedean Empire – Okay. Um, because he was just taking over like huge swaths of like Babylonia era er, yeah. area. Um, so it's kind of funny reading about Cyrus the Great because he, by all accounts, is this like super chill ruler. Like he, like he's kind Ooh. of like what you would want in a ruler because he's like super fine with like he'll he'll like invade an area and then he'll return anything that's been stolen through battle. So like he was famous for like returning um, like religious statues and things to the civilizations that he was taking over after the war was won and whatever. And like he would like adopt um, local customs and like super wasn't trying to impose, which sounds so weird for like a conqueror. A conqueror. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. But he was like, by all accounts, like super, patient and like pretty chill but then there's also in um babylon it's known as the cyrus cylinder it's this big cylindrical building inscription that he had commissioned to basically spin like oh hey so i'm your king now and it's because i was freeing you so like it's clearly written like historians have read through it and been like yeah this is pretty clearly written for the babylonian people to be like hey, isn't it great? You were, like, oppressed and didn't really know it. Now I'm here and you're not. So So it was, like, BC propaganda? 
Yeah, kind of. Like, it's it's funny because all accounts of him in, like, ancient history are, like, this guy was chill as fuck. And then you, like, find out that he's also kind of releasing this, like, yeah, this guy is chill as fuck propaganda. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's kind of funny. Um, So, as he's going around conquering everything, there's this nomadic tribe that lives kind of on the outskirts of his empire. Um, and they're known as the Massagete, which I just looked up the pronunciation for. Nailed it. Nailed it, right? Oh, my God. I'm basically a historian. So they live, like, kind of on the outskirts and were known for being pretty brutal. They're nomadic tribes, so they're pastoral um, and and don't really have a settled place. And there are a lot of different accounts of, like, who they actually were because some ancient historians kind of ascribe them to being the Huns and then some kind of describe them as being this um, Scythian nomadic confederation that were Iranian. So like, it's not super clear, but like all these like ancient historians from like 400 BC or whatever, all call them like barbaric. So nobody's positive who they are. They just know to stay the fuck away from them. Right, like like this website that I found that was hilarious and had this story boiled down to like how you and I talk. They Beautiful. described the Massagete as quote a nation full of Conan the Barbarians. <laughs> <laughs> so so, wacky, so yeah, yeah, that's essentially what they are, right? right? Boiled it down to in Game of Thrones terms, they would be the Dothraki. Like they're just Beautiful. this nomadic group of people that just loves fighting. So they were the dominant power in many parts of Asia with big influences in Europe, too. Um, Herodotus is a name that will crop up a lot. He is a historian that ba- that is like kind of the authority on this story. So the only reason that we know about this story is because of Herodotus from 440 BC, wrote all of it down. So um, he wrote the histories quote-unquote, which described the Massagete as, quote, a, gr- a great and warlike nation. Everyone was, like, kind of nervous about them because they're so, like, just kind of loose cannons sure. <laughs> and, like, massive. They're all over the place. So Tomyris, so she had taken the throne at the death of her husband. She was suddenly the queen of the Massagete. Ooh. What? That's so cool. It's so cool. It's so cool. So she, so she's like this hot, crazy queen, right? And Cyrus the Great sends dudes. He doesn't even go himself. He sends like an envoy of dudes to be like, hey, maybe you want to marry me because I'm like conquering everything around and you're over here. So maybe we hook it up. And she's like, listen, I know that you're just trying to gain power of my nation. So hard pass so she like sends mm. the dudes back um yes. and is like is like hey you guys can either dip or we can fight cyrus is like okay well we're not gonna go anywhere we're gonna take it by force so he starts building this bridge to like get over to her side of the river there's like this big river that that kind of breaks up their two camps so he starts building this bridge and she's like absolutely not so she sends dudes to him and this is all in Herodotus's histories. So, quote, be content to rule in peace your own kingdom and bear to see us reign over the countries that are ours to govern. 
As, however, I know you will not choose to hearken to this counsel, since there's nothing you less desirous than peace and quiet, come now, if you're so mightily desirous of meeting the Massagetai in arms, leave your useless toil of bridge making. Let us retire three days' march from the riverbank. So she's like, all right. Like, she's oh like, God. you don't need to build a bridge. Like, you either come to me or I'll come to you. And either way, like, we're going to duke it out. So he, she, like, gives the, him the choice as to whether or not he wants to fight on his land or hers. He has this council full of, like, five dudes that are like, listen, man, she has to come to us. Like, we have to fight it on our own ground because that's famously how people lose battles is, like, nope, we're going to be the first. So they're like, no, no, no. Right. And there's this one advisor that's like, nah, I think we should go to her. And Cyrus is like, yep, this single dude, he's totally right. So they go to her. So the Persians are this like rich empire, right? They have settled cities. They know luxury. This Sorry, is, the Persians are Cyrus's side, yes? Yes, yes. Right. Carry on. The Massagetai are this nomadic pastoral people. So mm -hmm. Cyrus and this one advisor come up with this plan where they're like, all right, how about we ditch camp? We cross the bridge, we set up camp, and then we leave. And then they're going to come and try and attack our camp. And the only thing that'll be there is going to be all this rich wine. And these guys are lightweights. They're going to get drunk. And then we'll just have to fight drunk people. And like all of his advisors were like, no, you guys, this plan sucks. <laughs> like, this is not good. This is totally. a terrible idea. Like, we're Solid totally going to lose. I love and it. And it totally, it totally worked. They left. All of the Massagetai came in, found all this wine, and they were like, fuck yeah, open bar. And they all just got shwasty faced. And then Cyrus and his troops come back and they're like, hey. So, so like, they captured most of them. They didn't even kill them. Because they were just all drunk like sad drunks laying around the swords. Oh no. <laughs> so so she lost a third of her troops because no. because they all just got super drunk and they just rolled in and were like, Hey, so you're our captives now. So oh, among the troops that were lost was Tamiris's son. You got here this. we go. Sparga Pisces. Yep. We're going to call him Spargy. Sure. Because it's easier. Um, I think that's what he went by, actually. He's also not in the story for a super long time, for kind of a bummer reason, but Spargy's captured by Cyrus, right? Every historian agrees that somehow Cyrus got out of his bonds. Some say that Cyrus, or sorry, that Spargy got out of his bonds. Okay. Okay, um, got some say that Cyrus let him out on purpose, knowing what was going to happen. Some say that he coerced Cyrus into letting him out. Um, but he was so devastated that they lost that battle in such an embarrassing. And it comes up over and over that they won by guile. So it's like viewed as dishonorable that Cyrus like won by tricking them instead of facing them face to face. Yeah. Um, and so Spargy's so bummed out about that that he kills himself. Spargy dies. And Tamiris blames Cyrus because he won, quote, by guile. And she Ugh. goes insane. Like, she goes crazy. So she rallies her troops, literally. And she's like, hey, Cyrus, let's do this again. Like, let's actually fight. 
let's get after it. According to the histories, she told Cyrus, quote, restore my son to me and get you from the land unharmed, triumphant over a third part of the host of the Massagetai. Refuse, and I swear by the son, the sovereign lord of the Massagetai, bloodthirsty as you are, I will give you your fill of blood. Like, Ugh. she like, throws down. And I Cyrus love is her. Like, Cyrus is like, all right, man. Yeah, sure. And like him and all the Persians, like I just picture them like sitting at their fancy camp, just like laughing and being like, this broad thinks she's going to win. Or like, yep, this will be super easy. They're like, yeah, we just won because we got all these people drunk. Like how hard could it actually be to fight them? Meanwhile, Iris Fury. Dude, yes. Like that's exactly what it was because she was so pissed and bloodthirsty that she like, riled up all of her troops and so they just like rammed into them and won and like slaughtered his troops like most Ugh. of his whole army was lost because they were just so relentless in their attack Herodotus the historian said of her quote of all the combats in which the barbarians have engaged among themselves I reckon this to have been the fiercest like she just wow. attacked with everything that she had so there's a little bit of opinion variance on what exactly happened to Cyrus in this, but since Herodotus is kind of the authority on this story, like everything I read referenced his histories of it, I'm going to go okay. with what he says. And he even has like a, a bit um, at the end where he's like, yeah, because this happened in 530 BC and he wrote this in 440. So so he wasn't alive during it. So he's like hearing accounts of what had happened. Um, and he even has like a little thing at the end of his story where he's like, this is what I heard. And this is the story that I've, I've, I think is the most reliable, like I've heard it from the best sources. So this is what I'm writing down. Cause I think that this is probably what happened. So according to him, Cyrus yeah. was cut down in battle and she was not content to know that. She was like, no, no, you guys go out and find his body on this battlefield. Oh. Like, go find him. So, like, she sends out the troops, and the troops go and, like, find Cyrus's body and bring it back to her. She then, <laughs> she then filled up a water skin with human blood from the battlefield, <gasps> dipped his body's head in it, and said, quote, I live and have conquered you in fight, and yet by you I am ruined, for you took my son with guile. But thus I make good my threat and give you your fill of blood. Oh. What? Oh, oh my god. Oh my god. That's like the scariest. That's like that's like what you would hear in a movie. Seriously. Like, I, I just keep comparing her in my mind to characters in, like, Game of Thrones and yeah. Vikings and Frontier and like all of these historical TV shows that I absolutely love. I have no idea if they're historically accurate. I think <laughs> Game of Thrones is, but I'm yeah, that's the only one though. Um, mm-hmm. but oh my god, isn't that so scary? She like drips, she like dips his head in this vat of human blood and says, "Here, drink up." This is your fill of blood, bitch. Wowzers. Like, oh, wow. Wow. While her story itself is kind of short, like, that was my only hesitation in doing it for the podcast, because I was like, oh, it's a no, little short. Not. Her tomb has never been found. 
there's never been any sort of archaeological find that has been directly tied to her. So the only way that we know that she even existed is from these ancient history books written by ancient Greek historians. So it's super interesting because of the whole like Greek Roman empire kerfuffle. (laughs) That's a good word for it. Yeah. How I'm going to boil down so much history. Uh (laughs) Um, It's really the only way that we, we know about her, but it's interesting because all of the like ancient art and, um, Everything is depicting her as this, like, really fair-skinned Greek lady, which, like, no, she super wasn't. Like, she was from modern-day Uzbekistan. Like, no, she was not some, like, pale ginger. Absolutely not. So it's interesting, (laughs) like, seeing that. Yeah, it's just funny. And and even her name, Tomiris, that we all know now, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that we all have heard forever, even her name is the the Hellenic, the Greek version of what her name would actually have been. So we don't actually even know her name? It's, mm, I mean, I think that we can kind of estimate what her name would have been, kind of working backwards from Greek, but... um, Sure. Anyway, I don't know that for sure, but that's kind of what I would assume. (laughs) She's got some kind of funny things that exist named after her. There's a planet named after her. Oh, I've 590 Tomiris is her own little planet. Oh, that's um, so dope. And then there is the Tomiris species group of Central Asian Lepidoptera, which are butterflies and moths. So there are oh, Central that's... Asian butterflies and moths that are of the species Tomiris. That's cool. Yeah. So that's kind of all I was able to find out about her because it was all mostly like the same stories and Um, Some of the stories, like, it's funny because some of them I would only see in one place and then I would try and find it somewhere else and it wouldn't show up. So I didn't include some of those because I was like, I don't know, this could just be somebody. Right. Yeah. Wikipedia editing, you know, like, absolutely. But it was so interesting. So, yeah, that's why I texted you last night. Like, yeah, I'd be surprised if your lady is born first. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine? I'm like, yeah, like actually, um, 640 BC. I don't know. Yeah. Isn't that a wow. great story, though? Dude, what a freaking badass. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, like there's a lot of different stories about how Cyrus may or may not have died. Everybody kind of agrees that he died the same year, but some people say that he was defeated in battle, but didn't actually fall in battle and then fled. And then she had troops come and get. But then there's like differing accounts because everybody also agrees that it's human blood. If she's involved in the story, like she dips his face in human blood. So everybody's like, well, how'd she get the person blood then? And like, right. But then there's some that are like, no, he died in a villa. Like, okay. So Hmm. this is kind of legend too, but she definitely existed. And yeah. And like, how much of that is like what we were talking about where his essentially propaganda is like oh he's Mm. the chillest dude and so maybe those Mm -hmm. historians who are his chill dude buddies were like we're like no he retired i swear (laughs) yeah yeah that's fascinating Um, but yeah it was pretty cool reading about her um that's so cool yeah man and i love that she was able to rule like when her husband died 
it, mm-hmm. it wasn't a culture. Her people weren't a culture that were like, oh, well, you have to get married again because it has to be a man. They were right. like, no, she leads us now. Have you met her? Right. 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 Like, you tell her she has to get married. Yeah. Oh, so cool. So a lady not to be messed with. I mean, whoo. Yeah. I I'll give you your fill of blood. My own personal hero. Still a pretty badass babe. Oh, my God. Yes. So yeah. where did you learn all of this? Oh, right. I'll source my shit. Yep. The main one that I got people for, or I got uh, stuff from is ancientorigins.net. Okay. Um, and the the article was called Tomyris, Female Warrior and Ruler Who May Have Killed Cyrus the Great. Uh, um, yeah. Super cool. Yeah, I love it. So then I also got ancient.eu little European website. Mm. Um, Wikipedia, as per usual. Always, always. But actually not a whole lot from Wikipedia because that was – there. I used – I tried to only use things from Wikipedia that I could corroborate somewhere else because it's such folklore now that people were like, yeah, yeah. she did all this stuff. Like, okay. I like, I like using Wikipedia as a source for my sources. Yeah. Because yeah. it sources its stuff, and so then you can just follow the links and read the actual articles that the information is based off of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Britannica.com for some info about Cyrus. Sourcebooks.fordham.edu is where I read the actual translated Herodotus text. Nice. So it's super easy to read, too. It's not in, like, crazy, I don't know, Shakespeare language. <laughs> Yeah, but it's really easy to to read. And actually, it was interesting because um, Tomyris is referenced in a Shakespeare play. She's referenced in Henry V, and there's some line about how she shit. I should have written this down. There's like a line about how um, you'll be as bloodthirsty as Tomyris avenging her her son, something like that. It's wow. Yeah, super cool. That's um, so cool. And then, oh, and then the website that I keep referencing that's like us is badassoftheweek.com. Oh, my God. And it's so good. It's so good. Hang on. I'll cut out me looking this up, but I just have to. Okay. The first, the first sentence of this website, Tomyris, the 6th century warrior queen of the Massagetae, was a kick-ass chick who didn't go out looking for trouble, but knew how to end shit when people came around her corner of the earth trying to start shit with her. Oh my oh god. god. <laughs> yeah. Love I'm it. I'm going to find all of my future ladies on that site. Yeah. I mean, I will say this also had a lot of stuff that I was like, oh, I can't find that anywhere else. So but yeah, it was fair. it was fun. It was a fun read. Man, that's awesome. That's really awesome. What a wow. I'm really glad that I know that story. <laughs> Yeah, right? I know, me too. I was like, man, this is something I'm going to bust out drunk at parties, like, all the time. Seriously. Also, whoever it was that named that planet after her. A badass just, like, of themselves. Idolizes her. Yeah. I mean, wow. Mm-hmm. I love it. I just love thinking about, like, some space nerd that being like, up about oh, yeah, Tamiris. <laughs> badasses in the BC. Just being like, oh, hell yeah. Love it. Well done. Truly, truly well done. Thank you. Um, my question for you is, have you ever heard of the Cop Sisters? No, question mark. It sounds Don't. super vaguely familiar. Don't sound too confident. Okay. 
Yeah, really um, vaguely familiar. Okay, so we're going to talk about the cop sisters, but mainly Constance Cop. Okay. Um, old Connie Cop. Good old Connie Cop. So <laughs> Constance was born in 1878. Her sister Norma was born in 1883. And her youngest sister Florette was born in 1897. So there are three cop sisters. Amazing. Okay. The story really, though, takes place in New Jersey in 1914. Okay. Um, so there are a lot of characters in this. And so I'm going to give you a brief, like, cast of characters background before Love we it. dive into the events. Okay. So the cop sisters are Austrian and Czech immigrants, um, born in Brooklyn, but they live in uh, a little place called Wyckoff or Wyckoff Farm. New Jersey, which is actually a Christmas tree farm now, which I love. Oh my God, cute. I know. So Constance is the oldest. She is six feet tall and 180 pounds. Almost every account of her says that she towered over most men of the time, which wow. makes me wonder, like six feet, it's not huge. No. I mean, so she'd tower over you, but like. Everyone towers five, over me, seven. You know. It's not. But I guess I, also people have grown, right? I mean, I guess. Were people tiny back then? I don't know. I mean, I don't know in 1914, but, like, when you think, like, like think about going to, I don't know, castles and shit, and, like, the doorways are super tiny. Yeah. So maybe, okay, six feet tall and 180 pounds in 1914 is, like, if you do the, the weight and height translation to modern times, maybe it's, like, six, four, and 250, you know? I really like this because it's like currency for yes for height and weight. <laughs> We're just taking into account of inflation. Yes, it's science, sure. okay? Right. Height inflation. This isn't, this isn't a science <laughs> podcast, you guys. God. It's not a math or a science How podcast. How many times do we have to tell you? <laughs> okay, so Constance had zero interest in marriage throughout her entire life. She spoke French and English as her second languages, but two separate dialects of German as, like, her mother language. Okay. And she studied to be a nurse and then studied to be a lawyer, but her mother kept discouraging it, and so she eventually stopped pursuing those. Norma is the middle sister, and it's there is nearly no record of Norma anywhere. It is so hard to get any information on her. Which cracks me up when you hear the information that we do have on her, which is she was not really easy to get along with. She was stubborn, highly opinionated, and had a mind like a steel trap. And she was known as being a huntswoman, very capable with guns and fearless. That's how I want to be remembered. That's basically all we know about Norma. We know that she I was present. I want there to be no record of me except for that. Yeah, except for, like, no one could get along with her, but she was dope with the gun. <laughs> she was really grumpy and kind of scary. Yeah, that's it. Great. That's all we got. And then, in comparison to those two women, we have the youngest sister, Florette, who her family said that she was five feet in heels. Um, <laughs> an incredibly talented seamstress. A theater kid. She was in singing contests all the time. And her family remembers her as an excellent driver, but the record shows that she got into many accidents 
in her young life. And they're all like articles in newspapers about how many accidents she got into. What? So I, none of it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I just love, I love that her that. family's like, oh, she's so sweet. No, she's a great driver. Yeah, like super trying to pump her up. Every newspaper is like, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, so then we have Henry Kaufman. This is where the chorus will go, boo, right? Okay, yeah. Henry Kaufman was born in Germany in 1870 and immigrated to the States in 1893. He moved to Patterson, New Jersey, which is like the silk capital of the U.S. All okay. of the silk. Like, to this day, it's still known as like the Silk City or something. I read it and then I forgot to write it down. I don't know. Weird. Um, so... He worked various odd jobs in the early 1900s in the silk industry in Patterson and eventually worked his way up to big wig by 1914. So some records say that he was running a silk dyeing business. Some say that he was a manufacturer. Some say like, but basically everybody's like he was super rich in Patterson, New Jersey because of silk. Yeah. Um, So the year before this happens, 1913, were the Patterson Silk Strikes, where 25,000 workers shut down 300 silk mills and dye houses for five months. Whoa, that is such a long strike. It's so many people, and it's such a long strike, and they ended up arresting like 1,900 of them. Wow. Um, And guess what they were striking for, Taylor? Fair wages, or safety, or women to work for them or any, discrimination or all of the above good thing yeah mainly <laughs> our work days and better work conditions yeah okay they basically wanted to be treated like humans but weird as you will learn throughout the story henry kaufman is the jeff bezos of the 1914s oh cool uh-huh good. he's just the worst okay so story happens story starts i should say June of 1914. The sisters drove their buggy, which is the cutest image in the world to me. Wait, hang on. Sorry. You're telling me that little teeny Flo was getting in accidents in buggies? Yes, buggies. Come on, girl. Like, they can't go that fast. She was singing, okay? It's... Oh, my goodness. Yeah, she's a mess, but I, like... Every is the most endearing thing I've ever read. <laughs> she just, and all the photos of her look like 1910s glamour shots. She's the cutest human being. And it's wow. apparently everybody was just like, oh, hello. Um, Great. So June 1914, the sisters drove their buggy from the Christmas tree farm to the, the big city of Patterson to go shopping. They're having a day, you know? That's the cutest sentence you've ever said. It's the best. It's, I just, I love it. The three sisters having a day. So they parked the buggy. They were not inside. And Kaufman, who was drunk and driving his new automobile, crashed into the buggy. No one's hurt. They were out of it. But the sisters were pissed because he damaged their buggy and they live on a farm. Right. And he's, like, the wealthiest dude in this part of New Jersey and drunk and has a new automobile because Ford and whatnot just thinks he's the shit and is being a dick all over the streets. Okay. 
Um, so he refused to pay for the repairs because he's a douche and he didn't want to pay money to women. So Constance. Sorry, I'm going to interrupt again. Do it. When we say buggy, do we mean horse and buggy? I don't, mm, I'm not positive. Okay. There were no accounts of horses. <laughs> okay. But I don't know what but other But it's different than an automobile. Yes. Right. Okay. Maybe it's a hybrid. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they Flintstoned <laughs> it. From... Oh my God. <laughs> That's what I'm going to picture for the rest okay, of the story. Great. So the girls okay. Flintstoned from the Christmas tree farm to the silk town to go shopping. And then their Flintstone mobile got run over by an asshole. Yes. Who was drunk. Okay. Okay. Don't, don't drink and drive. No right. one. Bad news. Stop, stop drinking and drive. Okay. Um, so Constance, good old six foot 12 Constance. Yeah. Up, and she's kind of the one who like took care of business in the house. The dad was a drunk and had left previously. And the mom worked on the farm. So Constance was the one who, like, ran their shit, essentially. So she sends him a, quote, flurry of invoices for the damage <laughs> to their buggy. <laughs> I cannot help but picturing Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Mm. And just there's yeah. no post on Sundays. And a flurry of invoices keep going to Kaufman. And he ignores all of them. So she filed a suit against him. And that pissed him off even more. So the sisters begin receiving threatening letters, um, including demanding them to turn over $1,000 to a, quote, woman in black, or they'll have their house burned down. What? So Constance is not fucking intimidated. So she gets guards stationed around their home for protection. Incredible. Um, so then they escalate and they start threatening to kidnap sweet little Flo and sell her into white slavery in Chicago, which is essentially sex trafficking. Um, and again, Constance is like, fucking try me. So then they escalate and he sends quote, nocturnal prowlers, which is such a fancy way of saying drunk assholes with guns in the middle of the night. Ew. Just, but, be- just because they were going to sue him? Yes. Because you wouldn't pay for the repairs on their buggy when he was driving drunk and hit them, and he has all oh. of the money in the world. Oh, my God. Okay. So these nocturnal prowlers start shooting revolvers and shotguns under their bedroom windows, and then some of them were firing into Constance's room. Which... Wow. Okay. So... <laughs> He had to hire those guys to go out to their farm and do all of this. And how much does it cost to fix a buggy? Right. Like, right. I mean, to be fair, though, maybe since this guy was such an asshole, maybe they were just asshole friends of his that he was like, listen, I'll get you. What is this? This probably is like prohibition era, right? I'm going to pretend that it is. I'll get you like bootleg bathtub gin if you go like scare these ladies Ugh, the thought of gin which in is my worse makes me want to die 
Um, but yeah, he's essentially like, it would be so much easier for him to just fix the fricking buggy. Right. But no, no, wow. no. He's going to try and ruin these girls' lives. So, How old are they at this point? The girls? Yeah. Uh, this math podcast of ours. Constance is like mid-30s at this point. Okay. Okay. Um, and and then, Florette, and I believe, is a teenager. younger. Yes. Okay. Um, I believe Florette is like a mid to older teenager. Who knows? Anyway, math podcast. Anyway, I should have looked that up. Whatever. I didn't do enough. <sighs> okay. <laughs> so after the events of them shooting into her room, Constance goes to the sheriff, who's named Robert Heath. And Robert Heath was super progressive and very forward thinking and just the best. And so he issues revolvers to the sisters and then teaches them all how to shoot because they're wow. all, yeah, they're over it. And so he's like, no, you know what? You should be able to defend yourself against this douchebag. Here you go. Um, so then he enlisted Constance to work multiple sting operations with the sheriff department to bring the quote nocturnal prowlers out into the open which unfortunately they never showed, but um, then she was active with him, helping find everybody responsible, including hiring a handwriting expert to look over wow. the letters that were sent. I know. Wow. Ah, handwriting expert in 1914. Can you imagine? Mm. Wow. Mm. So Constance ends up getting a court date. And Kaufman was found guilty and charged the $1,000 that he threatened to make them pay, um, which I did look it up, and that's equal to $24,652 today. Wow. Uh, How much damage which did he do to that buggy? Not that much. That would buy a lot of buggies. Okay. That would buy a ton of them, but it's just the whole everything that they went through. Yeah. Okay. So – um, I should say that the month that the accident happened, Kaufman's wife filed for divorce. She was over it, which I absolutely understand. Yeah. Um, so then after he lost, after he was found guilty and charged all this money, he left town and never came back. Um, but his wife stayed in Patterson and worked as a bookkeeper and a stenographer because apparently she's just the best. <laughs> and her husband was the worst. So Did then, he pay them? Before he left town? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, he was forced to. So in 1915, Constance helped arrest this asshole named George Johnson, who was responsible for the letters kidnap, uh, threatening to kidnap Flo. And her like assistance in that arrest qualified her for the role of undersheriff, which is basically a deputy sheriff in Bergen County, New Jersey, and she becomes the first woman to ever hold that position. What? That's so cool. I know. Um, from all accounts, she never worked behind a desk, and she was out with the men catching criminals, mm. which I just love to pieces. So then the next year, she drives, not dives, drives into the Hackensack <laughs> River to save an insane prisoner named Tony Hajanak, who was trying to kill himself. Now I have, I have a lot of questions out. about this. I do too. Um, <laughs> and I know zero details other than why that. did she drive why did, the river? Yeah, why did she choose that mode of rescuing? I think because she does not give a single fuck. 
Oh, okay. Um, I could not help giggling that she saved Hajinak from the Hackensack. It just, it tickled me a good bit when I was researching this. In no- on November 14th, 1916, Sheriff Heath lost re-election, and they hired a new sheriff named John W. Corder. And when he was sworn in, he immediately fired Constance, saying he, quote, can't find anything for Miss Cop to do. Gross. Yeah. So Constance and her fellow undersheriff named Thomas English, they tried to claim protection under something called the Civil Service Law, which states that any employee who is working for 45 days before an election can't be fired. And somehow he found a loophole and he fired her anyways. Wow. Um, So then she retreated into private life, and that's the last thing we know about her. What? Um, Oh. Yeah, I know. Don't worry. That's not the end of the story, though. Okay. Uh, Norma, we still know absolutely nothing about. Big old question marks around Norma. Love it. Um, And then Flo started working as a seamstress and would sew patterns for Vogue. And then was a private tailor making entire wardrobes for wealthy women. Wow. So she was real good. Um, my favorite quote of Constance's is, some women prefer to stay at home and take care of the house. Let them. There are plenty who like that kind of work enough to do it. Others want something to do that will take them out among people and affairs. A woman should have the right to do any sort of work she wants to, provided she can do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. 100%. So, huge plot twist. After Constance's death, the news came out that Flo, sweet Florette, was actually Constance's daughter. (gasps) What? Yes, I know. So, when Constance was like 18 or 19, she had an affair with a sewing machine salesman, which if that's not the cutest thing in the world. Stop it. I know. So, that makes it, like, genetic. I don't know. I Do you know, know what I mean? Because, like, if like he's, like, sewing. a sewing machine, and then she's, like, a super Which, baller you, at so, sewing. Constance is huge. Flo is tiny. Constance takes no shit. Flo is all demure. And so I have to think that the sewing machine salesman is, like, the daintiest man. And oh, my God. Big Do you know German who I'm picturing? was obsessed. What? Do you know who I'm picturing for that salesman? Oh like, if I were making this movie, I would cast um, Argo William H. Macy. <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> That's, like, who I'm picturing. It's just like, oh, well, I don't know. Oh, amazing. I was thinking, like, a, like a Martin Freeman sort. Yeah, okay, well, he plays the William H. Macy right. character in the other Fargo. Right, so Fargo. Yeah, so we're thinking the same. Yeah, yeah the same. Mm, Adorable. Love it. Um, so apparently when she found out she was pregnant, she left town until she gave birth. And then she came back posing Flo as her adopted little sister because she didn't want to ruin either of their reputations because 1910s. Wow. I know, I know. Um, so then Florette got to meet her father after Constance died. Oh my God. And I think that's the sweetest thing in the universe. Oh my God. Wow. Um, so that's essentially all we know about them 
um, it was kind of like, I have a couple of sources, but it was the same thing as yours last week where it was like a, like one or two really di- um, deep dives mm-hmm. that are pretty much all we know. Okay. So obviously Wikipedia, mm-hmm. um, a lot of the like specific dates and specific names came from the library of Congress. Um, a woman named Linda Brode, um, is just the sweetest little lady. She has a website called heartfelt stories of the old West. Stop it. And I just, I, it's, it's the cutest thing I've ever seen. Um, but most of the legwork was done by a woman named Amy Stewart. Amy was researching a man named Henry Kaufman, who was a smuggler, different Henry Kaufman. Weird. Stumbled across this story while researching that guy. She's a novelist. Amy Stewart is. And she got so enthralled with this story that she wrote a book about it called Girl Waits with a Gun, which was an actual newspaper headline about a sting that Constance worked because she had a pistol or she had a revolver in her handbag. Oh, my God. And so she wrote Girl Waits with a Gun, and then that developed into her Cop Sisters mystery books, which are a series. And guess what is being developed? Stop. Are you about to tell me a movie? A TV series. Oh, Amazon is making a drama series about the Cop Sisters. Do you know who's um, in it? No, I don't. I could literally oh. only find, like, Amazon producing drama of Cop Sisters. Um, so there's an article from the Telegraph that was an interview with Amy Stewart talking about why she wrote it as historical fiction rather than just like a biography. Mm -hmm. And the way she talks about it, she was like, I saw so many similarities between 1915 and 2015. They were dealing with income, income equality, labor strife, Mm -hmm. immigration issues, women's rights, terrorism, everything just lined up. And so she thought it would be better to be able to kind of take creative freedom and dive into the girls' lives and imagine what they might have talked about or what that, you know. Um, so is it set in 1915 or? Yes. 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 Oh, okay. Um, she just saw it. She thought it was very timely. Yeah. 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 You know, not to mention that Kaufman is Bezos and I hate him. Right. Um, the last thing that I have is not super related to the story. But there is a connecting detail, and I loved it, and I figured you would love it. Okay. <laughs> Taylor, have you Very ever good. heard of the shark panic of 1916? Girl, oh my, how dare you even say this to me? Of and course I, figured I, would, I, I figured you would. But did you know that that took place, or a lot of that happened in the Hackensack River, where she drove her frickin' buggy <gasps> or car or whatever she was to save What's-His-Face? Oh, my God, that's totally where that kid got eaten. 12 days, five shark attacks, four deaths. Mm -hmm. This Mm -hmm. thing was wild. Um, Yeah, two of them in that river. Yes. And the more I researched it, there's a great white currently swimming, like, in that river and off the coast named Mary Lee. Yeah, yeah. And they say that she's been swimming swimming those waters for 50 years, and they're just like, yeah, she loves it up there. Yeah, so fun facts. Precious. Um, So OSEARCH is this, um, they're a great white shark study group, research group, because um, despite, man, this will be a whole different podcast, but (laughs) boiled down, despite 
how scary people think great white sharks are. We actually know like jack shit about them. So um, O-Search is a group dedicated to tracking and like learning about great white sharks. And so they'll put on these trackers and then they'll name all the sharks. And you can go on their website and you can look at each shark and literally watch it swim around. That's it's so cool. So cool. It's so cool. I highly recommend anybody who's even remotely fascinated by sharks or even if you're scared of sharks and like don't want to be, go follow O-Search because they're the right. best. The best. But yeah, Shark Panic, same year that she was deputy sheriff or under sheriff, mm-hmm. driving into the same river where, so like, Constance Cop was freaking fearless. Wow. She was like, That's oh, there's so a shark cool. in there. There's also a man trying to kill himself. I'm going to save his life. So cool. Yeah. Um, you were right. I super the, liked in that tie-in. Those are the uh, Cop sisters. I love it. Me too. Wow. I'm really excited oh. to post a specific photo on the Instagram this week. Yeah. Um, because there was a, a drawing in a newspaper that someone like did a, a like at the time in the 1910s, <laughs> someone drew like an artist rendition of the cop sisters with their revolvers. Oh, and it's, it's so great. I want to frame it in my new apartment. I love it so much. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. Do you want another really exciting thing that happened this week? Yes, please. We got approved on Apple Podcasts, bud. <gasps> we did get approved on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, we did. So you can super find us on Apple Podcasts now and Google Podcasts, which I did not know that was a thing. Didn't either, but it's. But I'm on it. It's, We're on it. It's Apple Podcasts for Androids. So it's the like oh, standard okay. podcast app for Androids. Um, so I think, I mean, at this point, I think you can find us pretty much wherever you listen to your podcast, which is super cool. That's really cool. I'm super, really super excited cool. about that. Which like it super helps us if you rate, review, subscribe, do all the stuff. People super say it all helpful. the time, but it, it actually is quite helpful and they are mm-hmm. not lying to you. Mm-hmm. Um, my goal is to get on the new and noteworthy page on Apple podcasts. So all you people go make that shit happen. I didn't even think about that. It would make us very happy goals and stuff. It'd make (laughs) us very happy if, if you guys would help us out with that. We're on Facebook and Twitter and and Instagram, Instagram, all at, at babetown pod. Yep. It's easy because they're all the same. It is easy because they're all the same. I am glad that we did it that way. It always annoys me when I have to memorize four different handles. Cool, man. Wow. This was oh, real who's great. your lady of the week? Oh, right. Right. How about you tell me your lady of the week first? <laughs> <laughs> My lady of the week is hands down, without a doubt, Lizzo. Oh, yes. Without a doubt, I, it's embarrassing to me because I'm a little late to the Lizzo train. Like people have been hyping her up so much to me. And I was like, there's no way, there's no way that she's as amazing as people keep telling me I'm going to be disappointed. Turns out, no. Um, I started listening to her shit last week, finally, finally. And was like, wow, this is amazing. And then I watched her VMA performance and it made me like crazy. Cry so with the big much. butt, huh? With the big butt, like it, it made me cry so much, and I, I was loved like, it. She's so insane because 
A, it's one of the best performances I've ever seen. Like, if you guys haven't seen this, go watch it right now. Like, turn off this podcast, go watch Lizzo be amazing. Um, It's got a big-ass butt, which I love. A big-ass butt. A big-ass butt. And also, like... And I love that it's it's inflatable, so it bounces. Oh, God. It's just so great because, like, all of her shit is so you-focused. Do you know what I mean? Like... It's not like, no, no, no. You don't have to make yourself look however people want you to look. Like, you are who you are, and that's enough. That's enough. Like, that. it's so, it was exactly what I needed. Yeah, it's just been the best anti-anxiety thing and, like, self-confidence boosting thing because that's not something that I excel at. And so, like, to have something that is guaranteed going to make me just feel better and feel pumped and, like, yeah, yeah. who gives a shit? Like, I don't give a shit. So why do I care if anybody else does? Like, it's just the best. So she's hands down my lady of the week. Man. And I, someone, I think it was a tweet, but someone said this week and I like very much resonated with it. They said that like Lizzo is doing what Megan Trainer tried to do. Yeah. Yeah. Just. I'd agree with that. Way better. Mm-hmm. You know, I suppose it's my turn then. Yeah. Um, there is. I feel bad because I can't remember her name, and so I feel horrible with this. Have you seen the? They're making a show about Michelle Obama. They sure are. Are you about to talk about Viola Davis? Viola Davis, thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I could see her face, and it was just I got you blanking. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I am so ridiculously stoked to yeah. see Viola Davis play Michelle Obama. 100%. I, every part of that, I am so here for in yeah. a humongous way. And I'm probably going to cry. Oh my God. The I'm whole time. So much. Yeah. Every, every point of second. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm really mm-hmm. excited to cry. Cause mm. I'm going to feel really empowered despite the tears. When does and that come out? Do you know? I don't know. Um, I was bummed. I meant to look it up for this and then I forgot. And so that's why I wanted you to go first so I could find it. And then I didn't. Um, <laughs> if it's any time anywhere near when we will be in the same city, we should see that together. Do you know when we're ever going to be in the same city? No, I'm just saying. I'm just kidding. <laughs> if there's just ever a chance where there's like some, you know. Off yeah. computer that's playing it like yeah. 40 years from now and we should go see it I love it let's do it great yeah that sounds really delightful great and you can watch me cry and mm. and cry I can feel awkward your, about it in your soul but not outwardly <laughs> because feelings yeah. gross because gross oh god yeah Wow, dude, I feel like this hour and 15 minutes has flown by. I feel like I just called you. Yeah, it always does. I don't understand. Um, which I would love to talk to you um, about this short film that you just did. Oh, yeah. I would like to hear about that because, congrats, that's really cool. Thanks, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Shout out to sweet Carl Bright writing a cool, cute, adorable script. And, uh, yeah, it was a good time. It was kind of, like, the first short filmy thing. I mean, not really. I did, like, two things in college, and one of them was an absolute 
unmitigated train wreck. Um, Is that the one where you couldn't light a lighter? Oh my god, no, I did three of them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, but I super love remembering that for the first time in seven years, so thanks. Um, No, it was it was really fun, and I it was funny because um, it was a bunch of theater people doing film stuff, except for the director and the camera guy, and so um, like we had not a whole. I mean, Carl and I like kept talking about like, are we supposed to be off book? Like, are we? <laughs> this is this is so foreign to both of us. Like, we're both just yeah. like, all right, like it'll be fun, and then it super was a lot of fun. So that's awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I saw a video of you talking to yourself on a bench with no context. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's what that was. Awesome. I'm really excited to see that when it's done. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so. Anyway, this was great. Love it. Love you. Love it. Love you. Don't forget it's Monday Fun Day for Babe Town. Every Monday, make sure you subscribe and a little episode of some babes are going to pop up right into your phone. You won't have to do any work. It'll just show up. That's it. And then you can listen. And then you can listen. And then you can hopefully rate and subscribe it. Cool, dude. Okay, well, I love you very much. And I I will talk to you on Tuesday. Um, Have a great time moving. Yeah, it'll be something. Don't break all of your things. Well, you know, I don't really have much that's breakable. Well, see, there you go. Not going to break all your things, then. It's just the carrying everything down the stairs. Ugh. Less than ideal, but... Yeah. Anyway, um, it'll be great. And next time you talk to me... I will be in a new apartment. Yes. Great. Ooh. Yay. With a new roommate. Oh, my God. He has a beard. He's really handsome. Oh, my God. Look at you. It's crazy. All right. All right. I love you, too. I love you too. Go pet Bye. your angry cat for me. I will. <laughs> Bye. Bye.